And I tell people all the time, I can sit out there at the bar and I'll do more business than all of you combined because it'll be attracted to me. Someone will sit down next to me and it'll be a huge opportunity because I carry that energy now. I, I carry abundance with me, I carry kindness, I carry forgiveness, and it attracts all the right people like Tim into my life. From RevThink, you're listening to the Rev Thinking Podcast, a conversation between creative entrepreneurs who know the best way to deal with the future is to create it. I'm Joel Pilger. Today, our guest in part two is David Meltzer, co-founder and chief executive officer at Sports One Marketing. Welcome to Rev Thinking. RevThink leverages years of experience and practical wisdom to help owners of top creative studios so you don't have to choose between following your passion and running your business. Now here's your host, Joel Pilger. Hello, RevThinkers. You're listening to the RevThinking podcast, and we're back with part two in our conversation with David Meltzer. This was from a conference that Tim Thompson and I led in Los Angeles uh, part of our Creative Entrepreneurs series of conferences that we are doing in partnership with Promax BDA. So this was a few weeks ago at the Terranea Resort, where Tim and I were leading this conference on the topic of bulletproofing profits. Now, what was fun was you might have thought that showing up to a conference on that topic would be all about money, but actually... Much to everyone's surprise, we revealed that profits in a creative firm are really not so much about money, but rather about choices and maintaining control of your business. Well, I look forward to sharing this part two of our conversation with David with you as a bunch of really cool inspiration and a story of success and failure and redemption and purpose. So here is Tim Thompson and our guest, David Meltzer, in part two. My motto of my company is make a lot of money, to help a lot of people and have a lot of fun. You know, I've been noted and trademarked that, so, but I love it because it's, you know, making a lot of money for a purpose is okay. And being of service is okay. And there's great entrepreneurs in every industry, in the entertainment industry, it's essential because people mirror, mock, and emulate the entertainment industry. So if we can teach through our content to be of service, to be of value, to be kind, all of those great things, we can change the world, create a collective belief by inspiring people and great entrepreneurs like Elon Musk, they fire me up because they're gonna make a shitload of money, but they're gonna change the world for the, everything he does. He challenges himself to be purposeful with it and to help other people. And guess what? The universities keep piling about 46 million, a billion dollars in value to a company that doesn't have anything to sell. It's, it's pretty you, you interesting. So you and I first met, we were sitting at that bar in New York City. Most people start that. <laughs> <laughs> it's because you never move. You just sit in the bar and everyone just comes to you, it's right? It's called holding court. Yeah. <laughs> I wish it was church that I was sitting at, but it's always a bar. I didn't even know who you were at the time, right? Nobody knows who I am. <laughs> And uh, my brother says, you have to talk to David. You have to talk to David, right? So we sit down, and we just start exchanging notes. Like, I knew enough about you to be dangerous. You knew enough about me to be dangerous. And I think we quickly came to this idea, what I termed the, the I work for thank yous. It's the idea that you're working harder so that the return is a thank you, and now you provided value. If someone's just saying thank you to you, you've given them more value. And the, the results are things will come and build up. So that building process is something that you recognized early. What I appreciate about you is that you exercise that through entrepreneurism. Like you recognize entrepreneur basically is the ability to create something from scratch and build something, and that's where you don't have any fear. 
you're, you're the people you interview, the people that you partner with, it's always like this entrepreneurial thing, right? Yeah. So what is it that you, like we have a room full of entrepreneurs, what is the, the mechanisms that you know that you could always trust and no longer be afraid of because entrepreneurialism allows that to take place? Yeah, so just a couple quick things. Number one, the easiest way to change your life, whether you're an entrepreneur or not, is gratitude. So I tell people, if you want to change your life with two simple words, thank you. Before you go to bed, I don't care how old you are and when you wake up, if you say thank you for 30 straight days, you will change your life because it changes your perspective. It's yeah. that simple. Absolutely. And so when we met, that was really powerful. And people ask me, what's your best entrepreneurial advice? I'm going to say be grateful because it will change your life. Um, the second, Even when your client's screwing you over, you'd be grateful. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I'm that way, honestly. He's shaking his head because Brandon's with me all the time. I'm like, watch this. I'll shift this. Just thank you. And it's just two powerful words. In fact, the saddest thing of my speaking career is that I use this in every speech. And I'll say, who here thinks they can say thank you for 30 straight days? And thousands of people raise their hand. Everyone's like, no problem. The saddest thing is, you know, by the end of tonight, I've given you the easiest way to change your life. Half of you won't say thank you. By tomorrow morning, another half of you won't say thank you. Within three days, most of us, we won't say thank you. I give the easiest way, yeah. you know, all the magic, the secret sauce, and we're so far in our own way that we can't even remember to make it a habit. So fight it, tra track it, see how long it takes you to say thank you for 30 straight days, and then carry that over to something else and realize change, Right? We're ego, it's so far in our own way to say thank you. As an entrepreneur, it's an important lesson because there's so many things that we do that we think we do, they're not effective habits. We only have the desire for it. We need to have two other things, skills and knowledge. When you integrate skills, knowledge, and desire, you can effectuate a habit. Once it's a habit, it's in your unconscious, it's in your core energy, and you can now go on and move to the next thing. So I always have three priorities that I give a minimum amount of time to create a habit for. And then when I finally get it into my unconscious, I let it go and pick a new one. So I'll give you a strange one that's changed my life. Um, I actually, my mother and I have a adoring relationship, right? Both of us probably would lie in front of a bus for each other, but she doesn't know anything about sports. She has all these great grandkids now. And doesn't, I'm not sure like she likes me or like considers me a friend and I'm definitely don't consider her a friend. In fact, when she calls, my eyes used to roll back in the head like, oh shit, this is gonna waste my time. You know? <laughs> She's gonna either whine about something or back or you know, tell me my kids don't call her, no, you know, same stuff. Well anyway, by, by the way, my mom is your typical Jewish mom, except for one thing. She literally is a black belt in the martial arts. <laughs> Third degree, uh, it's called Jewish guilt. <laughs> But here's the trick. So you guys feel me now, right? You know my relationship? So I said, as a priority, I want to make a habit of, of improving my relationship. My mom turned 73. I, my dad passed this year. I, I, want, I want her to know two things. Uh, one, sorry, I love her. I'm right here with you. Yeah, I love her. And two, it's good when you're a speaker to cry. It was like, oh, I love that guy. No. Uh, uh, Getting out of control, Bradley. You gotta help me. Uh, no, so I, uh, the guy in the back called it the quiver. He goes, I know just when you're about to cry, I see the quiver in your lip. <laughs> right, Fred? Yeah, so 
I told I wanted to, I told my wife I want my mom to know every day that I love and appreciate her because that's what I figured she really needed from me and if I could let her feel that way she would stop annoying me with all this nonsense <laughs> no literally to prove that I loved and appreciate her right like that's what was happening I think so I said with my mission equation one of my priorities I will spend a minimum of one minute a day to tell my mom that I love and appreciate her but I wasn't gonna miss a day just like thank you. It takes an instant of a second. I wasn't going to miss a day. And I wanted to see what happened to my relationship if I dedicated that every day to her. So I would call, email, or text her every single day. If she called me, I'd be in the car and she'd start saying, oh, my back hurts. I'm not sure I can come up. I'm not sure I have enough money. You know, like all the, all the things <laughs> my mom does to me. And I would just say, oh, mom, thank you so much for calling. I got another phone call, but I just really, I wanted to tell you two things. I love you and I appreciate you, have a wonderful day. And I'd hang up, right? I'd never answer, like, and this went on. Today, I texted her, just wanted to let you know I love and appreciate you. My relationship has changed exponentially. Yeah. Exponentially. Yeah. Like, it, she doesn't call and, and make me prove that I love and appreciate her. She just, she knows it. Yeah. And, our, and she really likes me now. She has time to ask me. <laughs> about what I like, you know? And I played football in college and all this never once has ever asked me a question about football. And just all of a sudden, what game's Warren doing this weekend? Maybe I should come with you. Maybe, do you think Warren, like, I don't, I, and I know why it's happening. So this methodology of habit building is, is so, Isn't so essential. Isn't it insane how hard it is to open your mouth and say things like, thank you and I'm sorry. And, and it's so, it's, it's the most basic thing, yeah. but all the, this energy that works against it to have it come out, and yeah, it's changed the world. I almost feel like there's a force that keeps you back from saying it. Ego. To hold it back. Ego, fear. That's ego. Yeah. <laughs> it's called the need to be right, the need to be superior, inferior, need to be offended, all the needs of the ego, <laughs> study of them. Yeah. Next great piece of entrepreneurial advice, more pragmatic. I won't cry over this one. Uh, <laughs> the no, this one's easy. The simplest way to be successful, first thing I do every day as an entrepreneur is make sure I'm in business tomorrow. Just make sure you're in business tomorrow. Look at all the great businesses. They evolve. Enjoy the pursuit of evolution and potential. Yeah. So all I look at, even today, I have a 50-person company, you know, does very, very well. But every morning after I do my meditation and my gratitude, I think to myself, okay, where am I at? Am I going to guarantee me that I'm in business tomorrow? And I'm, when I'm guaranteed, then I go on and do all the other stuff that could mess it up or not. But I know I'll be able to get another at bat tomorrow every day and I'll never go out of business. The only thing that will ever stop me from being successful is having to close the doors. But with my strategy, I'm never going to have to close the door. Some years may be better than others, but my company keeps evolving. If, if my business plan day one compared to what we do now, I don't even know where, where, what we were thinking, right? I was selling sponsorship and representing, at, like now we're a media company, right? We have short videos, <laughs> but we make more money and it keeps evolving and all the great businesses evolve. So stay in business and trust the universe uh, as entrepreneurs. I love that. I think there's too much of the looking backwards. Like I hate the financial reports that tell you what you did last year instead of the reporting oh, yeah. that says what I'm gonna do the next six weeks. I'd rather know in the next six weeks than care about the last six years, honestly. Yeah because I'm trying to make the future. We believe the best way to deal with the future is to create it. So you have to be thinking, planning, growing, and have purpose. So before you got here, I kind of preached at them a little bit because I had this thought that a lot of people, we're dealing with profit today. 
a lot of people fall short on profit. They kind of give it away or they don't really hold on to it because they don't know where to put it. They don't have a plan for it. So they might as well just let it evolve. Personally and professionally. That's, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it starts That's biggest, right? Yeah, yeah, biggest problem personally is people don't pay themselves. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. That's well, the first mechanism because we go like, well, I can deal with it, okay, but my, you know, my, I was making fun of the courier. Mm -hmm. you know, I always needs the check or whatever. Um, you have a model that they, the people you represent must give something away. They have to have a foundation. And you learned that from Lee, right? Yeah, yeah. So tell us, like, why, like, not only what inspired you about that, but why it has to be part of your business model. What is it that you know that happens because of it? Yeah, so when I was CEO of Lee Steinberg, and we represent eight first picks in the NFL draft, the biggest baseball agency in the world, Evander Holyfield, Oscar de la Hoya, in case some of you aren't big sports guys, Lee was the no most notable agent. What made him great was the fact that he required every athlete to create a foundation that they were passionate about. So work done, Grew up with a single mom like mine, couldn't afford a house, so he created a foundation to give down payments for homes, right? And believe it or not, Work Done's only known today because Deshaun Watson, who's the top quarterback in the NFL, first round pick, Heisman Trophy winner, was a recipient of, of, one, of, those of one of those houses. Yeah, yeah, that's sweet. Right? Me chills. I love that. Story. Isn't that awesome? War, yeah. uh, you know, Warren himself created a foundation. He grew up as a single mom, seven kids, only boy. So Six I told him, damn it, would I have all those brothers? I could have been a great football player if I had all those sisters. <laughs> <laughs> and my mom was tall okay. yeah, right. and talented. No, sorry. So but Warren created this foundation to give scholarships to kids. And the reason Warren uh, Lee made them do that is it was a qualification. He knew that how the universe worked. And if he realized that someone didn't understand giving, that they wouldn't be part of a community, they'd be difficult to deal with, they wouldn't listen to him, they couldn't guide to build a legacy, and he couldn't be proud of it. Right. And so what he created were these legacies. The interesting thing about Warren is that I was speaking in New York City and you know, a few thousand people at Propellify uh, out and one of the bigger speeches, and this wonderful lady comes up to me in her 30s, and she said, Mr. Meltzer, are you really Warren Moon's business partner? And I kind of got nervous, I was like, yeah. <laughs> She said, well, he gave me a scholarship to college. I, I couldn't afford to go to college, but for Warren Moon, I went to college and I need you to pass a message on to him. She started tearing up. She said, uh, yeah, I wouldn't have gone to college and I want him to know that I started a business and I just sold it for $100 million. Mm. Wow. And I was like, whoa, yeah, he'll, he'll really love that. And, and she goes, and I want him to know, and I thought she was gonna say, I'd like to donate 10 million of his yeah, right. But she said something better. She literally said something better. She said, I want him to know that I took my money and created a foundation to give kids scholarships to college. Amazing. So it's paid forward. Yeah. What Lee knew and taught me, taught Warren, was that in or it was a qualifier. When, when he knew, these, it helped his business. They became part of the community, all of a sudden, we could negotiate higher for the, the contracts. Free agency really started to get involved. They really fought to keep those players in their city. He had all these different, he didn't do it for those reasons. Yeah, it's a right? byproduct. It's changing the world is the byproduct of the. The universe started working for all of Lee and everything that he did and, and does. And I carried that over into business. A requirement of our business, we don't do anything that doesn't have a charitable purpose or a cause. There's nothing, in fact, I built a platform for sponsorship and advertising that specifically is a loss leader to raise money for charities. Mm -hmm. so. so do you, uh, do you pay it first? Do you pay it before you, like, at what point yeah. do you pay? 
your charity before you pay your phone bill? No. It's a great point. So this is my philosophy. You pay yourself first. You can't give what you don't have. That's right. I'll give you an example. Uh, my mom you know, is one of the most giving people. That She has six kids. She was a teacher. All her time, all her money. But, and I talked to her and say, but mom, you're, you're truly a financial detriment to me. You are a financial detriment. No, I'm, and, and I, because she never would keep anything for herself. So in the end, if your kids weren't extraordinarily successful, thank goodness they are, you know, you, you would have been a drain to, to society. And all of that change will help others, but you have to help yourself first. And it wouldn't take too, too much. And so I believe, no matter what, that you need to pay your, yourself. And you live your life to those means, but always pay yourself. And we always justify, I was a great justifier of buying things. Well, you know, I spent 100 grand on that car, I'll just, like, and my uncle told me, why does everything always have to balance out? It's like, Dave, when you buy this, it's like, well, I'm not gonna do this or that. No, it's, I now am very disciplined about paying myself and co company-wise as well. So our model is based on thirds. We, we have a certain amount we'll invest in an employee until they can be profitable. When they become profitable, it's a third, a third, and a third. Meaning? Meaning a third to the employee of, of all the dollars that they generate. We try to create a formula for certain positions that don't, yeah. but really it's a third to uh, the company, uh, a third to the employee, and then the third to charity. Um, but it becomes just abundant. And if they reach those goals, we then provide equity in the company for those employees. So we go learning. Learning phase is, let's just say $100,000 an employee. We'll invest in them, which is charity. Yeah. Then we have an execution phase to get them to a third, a third, and a third. Then we have an equity phase where they then can participate in a 401k in an option plan. So I'll tell you where you inspired me. I, I, I've always been a giver. I'm a churchgoer, so I tithe. I started a ministry, so I finance my own ministry that way. But I'll say that I was a sloppy giver, meaning that I knew when I had the money or someone asked, I'd give it to them. It wasn't very intentional. I just maybe sometimes overly generous, sometimes I'd miss certain things, you know, whatever it is, but that sloppiness wasn't there. So um, working with, you know, t you and all this stuff for the last couple of years, I started realizing that if you're going to actually put some plan in place, you have to always be intentional. So I like the third, 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 because it starts creating a structure of where the money goes as it walks in the door. We talked a little bit about how to split up money and prioritize certain things that way. Um, but and, and we actually just started an organization called RevThink.org in the idea that if we're going to move things, what you're saying, you can't give something you haven't received. But if we're going to move things forward, we have to know and practice it ourselves. Um, but in return, when, I be, when you become intentional in building, what you find is that there's more opportunity presenting itself than you can keep up with. Where when I was sloppy, whatever, it was good enough. It was like throwing a dart and hitting something all is good. But then when you start building something, growing something, you find greater need, which seems to provide greater resources to find greater need and greater resources. And it keeps growing and building that way. So opening the door for that is what's what's key. For, for me, like I, look, I'm a little guy. You're dealing with multimillionaires opening up huge doors and huge doors. How do you keep up with the scale of that? How do you keep finding things or finding things that are legitimate? Like, who makes that decision, and, and how does it not get hokey or weird? Or yeah. like, There's a lot of things so for out there. Two, two things I'm going to deal with. One is he keeps talking about intentional and consistent. I believe that focus is the exponential factor of everything. And consistency 
is what provides focus in the results that you want. I'll give you an example. If you meditate two minutes a day, worth more than an hour a week. Best example is in golf. I'll challenge anyone, anytime, if you allow me to focus in on golf 30 minutes a day, every single day, I'll allow you to play golf one day a week on the weekend as long as you want. I promise you at the end of the year, I'll be exponentially a way better golfer than you will be. Same thing with giving. Right? When we're disciplined, have strategy, awareness, and we're disciplined and consistent in what we do, it doesn't take much to the little side. It's huge. We don't have to wait for the $100,000 check in yeah. order to get to it. Yeah. Now, the second issue, the, the one of the, how do we keep up? It's, it's, first of all, I'm, I'm not getting anything. I'm attracting it. Mm -hmm. I'm attracting it. And so I'm very disciplined in the qualification of attraction. So meaning everybody I can help, but there's simple ways to qualify to see if I'm the person that has to provide the resources or can I find resources or just give a quick piece of advice. So utilizing that, I'll give you some tricks because we are bombarded and me personally even now beyond the business. So um, one of the things I do is when someone asks me for help, I ask them to do something. It's a qualifier. Right? I want them to be serious. So it can be something stupid when I can't think of what I really want. I could say, do me a favor. I will be happy to help you, but send me a paper clip in the mail. It's a qualifier, just like Lee's qualifier. 99% of the people will never send you that paper clip, and then they'll live in shame, blame, and justification because they didn't send you the paper clip. In the business world, people ask me for a ton of advice. People think that... I may just systematically do this, but I believe if you haven't thought through everything, I'm wasting my time helping you. Now, so the first question is, do you have an executive summary or a business plan? That takes out 99% of the people yeah, that run my business. <laughs> but then I also have resources that I'm a chair of Octane, launchpad programs like that, uh, Blue Moon Advisors in Las Vegas, where they'll pay you know, anywhere up to 2,500 to help a company build all of those things. So it's not like I just send you away and say, go write an executive summary. I don't have time to, to write those or help those people anymore, yeah. but I have the resources to. And it's really fast and easy. And I can't tell you how successful I've been over the last decade and get credited because I literally simply guided them in a direction. Yeah, right. I mean, it's amazing. I have people in Orange County, or Octane, our companies were funded this year, best year ever, $400 million. And all, it is, all I've done is referred companies into a launch pad with a whole bunch of entrepreneurs and companies that want them to be successful that can sell their accounting services and finance. Right, yeah. it's this great thing. Yeah. One of the areas, though, of help, um, it's in my book that I want to touch on, is, is called the merry-go-round. Yeah. Is that is that because yeah, it changed my life yeah. and I couldn't figure this out and uh, so in Africa you have these really poor tribes. This is where we built our village and schools and all this. And one of the coolest things, the most successful tribe, women drive everything there and they're the most persecuted. The men sit around and do nothing and these women carry water seventy pounds six times. I mean it's ridiculous what I saw. The most successful tribe has they're called mamas, the head chief. Uh, and so the mama created the merry-go-round. And the idea was they all make about a dollar a day. And so mama decided every month everyone's going to take a dollar. We're all going to live off of $29, not 30. And everyone in the tribe is going to give $1 to one person. And that one person is going to buy a cow or they're going to buy a brick machine or they're going to buy a milk, whatever it was. And... Within the first year, they exponentially all made more money. 
They all lived in better houses. They all, right? And now this is the most flourishing tribe because they created a windfall for one person. And what it means to me is that you have to figure out a way to create your windfall. And <laughs> I think the way to create your windfall, the easiest way is to give. Yeah. That abundance, it, 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 it means so much. In fact, you know, no matter how wealthy you are, if I told you right now, you know what? I have a half a million dollars for you. And you have to spend that half a million dollars on something that's for the good of everyone in this room. Yeah. This room would flourish. And if the next month I gave it to another one, this room would flourish. It was all going to be for business development for all of our businesses. You can make the same amount of money that you made, but that one little boost would, in this room would become one of the wealthiest group of people within literally a year. Yeah. And although only 12 of us maybe got that windfall. But overall, the economy grows because you've invested Huge. back into your economy. Yeah, it's only $6 million of investment, but most likely we'd have about $100 million of revenue. That's about the math that I'm seeing from the dollar example to how it works in the business world. So th these guys know one of my strategies. Here's the funny thing about investment, because I do a lot of investment, my TV show, all this. It's funny because if I, average investment's $2 million. And so if I take $20 million, I look for a company that has ex exponential growth. Now, out of the 20, if I'm really dumb, one of them will be successful. So I have $20 million invested in, 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 sorry, I have $40 million invested in 20 companies. If I'm really stupid or just plain lucky, one will be a $100 million company. And what will happen when it's a $100 million company, I would have lost $38 million on this side of the equation. 19 after taxes, by the way. Yeah, right. One, <laughs> There's a tax benefit to this. Exactly. But I made... $60 million yeah. overall. But, and everyone tells me I'm a genius. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, a, they, I'm an entrepreneurial genius. But I'm really a loser. But we get, stuck <laughs> in, we get stuck in the loss. Because what's funny is you have to sacrifice five losses, even though it's for less volume and money. Those losses seem to, like we're lying to ourselves that those losses mean something. Right. It's and the reality is, I love this, what charity allows you to do is just give for the sake of giving. Like you're intentionally losing in a way, you're taking the power out of your, your energy out of your pocket and giving it to somebody else that can make a difference in the world, knowing like they're going to do better than me. That's like the Warren Buffett, yeah. Bill Gates promise, right? Like let's get it out there and make it better. Um, and then your brain starts recognizing and building things. So we talked about this thing today about how uh, collecting water, you, have, you eventually have to make it into ice in order to store it, right? And uh, it's a challenge because we're always just worrying about filling up the ice trays, let alone turning it into ice. It's just a, enough money to go through it. The things you're talking about is it's like an ice strategy, like how to, when you have it, how to get there. But my favorite part is you're always talking about something so little. You, like we don't stop make it into a mountain. Let's just take the steps that we can today and keep on being consistent. And then that grows over. Crawl time. before you walk before. And so everybody understand the philosophy of redistribution. It's really important because one of the biggest illusions everywhere is there's a loser and a winner. So even though I was joking that I'm the biggest loser because 19 of my companies are out of business or failed or lost all their money. Think about the theory of redistribution. There's no way you can lose money. Right. Right. It doesn't disappear, right? What, where that money went was to give temporary employment to people, temporary hope to people. It was distributed to other manufacturers, other people, other places, 
I'm helping. I, I may not have gained or gotten back in that instant what I've given, but it's a form of charity. I, I gave it a try. I kept stimulating the economy. I'm not holding my money, right? I'm putting it into action. And if this was one of my companies, you all are better off. You have more experience, you gained wealth, and then with that wealth, you spend it on other things, maybe education for your children, maybe food, yeah. maybe clothes, maybe a trip for your family you know, to Paris. But That's, in the thank you economy, by the way, they're still gonna say thank you, even though you lost, you gained in the thank you economy. Exactly, and then the universe says, you know what, you're such a giver, you tried, tried, tried. This one over here, I'm gonna give you three times as much as you had to do it again. Yeah. And I'm motivated to do it again, why? Because I, I feel, out of sight, the, the illusion that somehow I'm ahead. That's all gone in my perspective, but other people see that. For, right. for me, I, it just keeps expanding. I deal with one simple philosophy. I, is it okay? Yeah. You know, I'm going into the no, conversation. No, I believe the secret to life is, <laughs> the secret to life is awareness. If I'm going to give you a gift, I'm going to give you the gift of awareness. And awareness is simply being able to make the best choices to make you happy. Simply, sometimes if I'm more aware than you, I'll know whether to go left or right. I'll know whether to put my brakes on or not to go over there or to partner with the right people, speak to the right audiences, take the right medication, marry the right woman. What awareness is awesome. It's the best gift I can give you. It makes life simple. You know the, what's best for you, what's expand. Here's how awareness works. It's vibrational, it's mathematical. The earth vibrates the slowest. That's why I can't put my hand through minerals. Then in plants, animals, human, then sound, then light, and then thought. Thought vibrates the fastest. Do you know what thought vibrates the fastest of all? Love. The truth, right, love. The truth, forgiveness, love, the truth. It vibrates the fastest. So I was flying to India. I met this medical doctor, and she was sitting next to me, true medical doctor in India, and she looked at me and she said, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, of course I'm okay. You know who I am, right? <laughs> and she's like, no, she could see it on my face. She goes, no, no, no. She goes, you're so full of light. She goes, but you're blocking it. And I literally rolled my eyes in the back of my head like, oh shit, I'm gonna hear my wife's woo-woo crap. This is what I said in my head. And I'm like, okay. She goes, do you meditate? I was like, meditate? No, I don't meditate. Now I'm doubly rolling back. I'm like, meditation, my wife meditates. I go, you know, I've made everything that I had. I don't need to sit around high on my mom's couch. I work really hard, I probably work too hard. The only thing, I'm not very talented, but the one thing I know is I cannot work you. I'm like a mule, you're not gonna stop me. I'm, I'm persistent and I work hard. I made everything happen for me. And she said, oh, she goes, oh, you're so lost. She, she, and I'm like, oh. She goes, she goes you, uh, if I told you I could teach you to vibrate faster by meditating, would you be interested? Now I'm like, oh, this is gonna be a long flight. <laughs> I'm like, what does vibration have to do with meditation and me, you know? She goes, it's simple. Everything vibrates, like I explained. She said, but you only can be aware of that which vibrates equal to or less than you. Hmm. <laughs> that's, I'm like, whoa. So if you're crawling on the ground like a snake, that's as much as you're gonna feel as the ground vibration. You, you can only be aware of that. So she said, what if I could teach you through meditation to increase the vibration of your cells 10 to 50 times, the, the vibration of your mind to theta, to theta vibration. 
And what if I could actually teach your unconscious energy to shift so that you won't even have to take action or think about it, naturally stuff will happen to you that you want. And I was like, what do you mean? She goes, you know, you probably have friends that you're like, how the heck does he have everything? He, like literally, right? Because he carries that energy. She said to me, in fact, you carry an energy that you're stupid. And I said, what? I said, I do not think I'm stupid. (laughs) Exactly. I'm like, look, I do not think I'm stupid. I believe I'm smart. She goes, no, no, you think and believe you're too smart. That's your problem. She said, but I know this about you already. You carry an energy that you're stupid. And she said, you always surround yourself with people that are vibrating less than you. So you feel better about yourself. You're always projecting your insecurity of how smart you are because you carry an energy that you're stupid and your arrogance is going to catch up with you. Are your siblings smart? I said, oh yeah, you know, they're all Ivy Leagues. She said, yeah, that's probably it. And then we started going more, found out my grandma used to babysit me because my mom worked and six kids. I was hyper and I used to always tell my grandma, I'm bored. And her response from the time I was five years old was only stupid people get bored. Smart people think of things to do. That energy like changed my life. When I started realizing that I'm a human magnet, that even though Think and Grow Rich says something about what we believe and all the other books I was reading about work ethic and the conscious, but my subconscious, but there's a whole unconscious that I could affect through consistent focus and intention. And I'm gonna teach you how to shift your energy if it's okay. Yeah. It's the most valuable thing I learned. This is the second thing that 10 years ago, if someone had told me I'd do in public, I would be like, yeah. I'd rather kill myself. <laughs> but it's so powerful. Yeah. It yeah, it's so powerful, I, ha- I have to tell people. If, if you wanna shift your energy, if you wanna become a magnet, I tell people all the time, I can sit out there at the bar and I'll do more business than all of you combined because it'll be attracted to me. Someone will sit down next to me and it'll be a huge opportunity because I carry that energy now. I, I carry abundance with me, I carry kindness, I carry forgiveness and it attracts all the right people like Tim into my life. And I just know it. I know coming here is why I came here because I'm attracting more. But this is how you shift your energy. Uh, don't do this in public like me. <laughs> uh, close your eyes, you don't have to right now, but when you close your eyes, think about what you are afraid of most, right? What you're afraid of most, what you don't like the most, whatever it may be. And when you think about that person, place, or thing, or idea, find a light into it. Doesn't matter what color light, you'll all of a sudden start seeing a light coming over, you know, my stupidity and, you know, or fear of something will happen to your children or whatever it may be. And you take that light and cover it all over what most is, you know, disturbs you. And then in the same mind eye, think about what you love the most. Right? It could be your kids, it could be your wife, it could be Bananas Foster's Cheesecake, whatever you love the most. And take the light from which most scares you and then cover what you love the most. So now you have one big ball of light in front of you with your eyes closed. And then you take that ball of light and hold it over your head. And now pull everything together. You're in one great ball of light. That which makes you most afraid, that what you love the most in yourself. And hold the light there until you feel a true energy shift. You'll feel it. You'll feel a physical difference. And if you practice that every day, you practice that every day, soon you won't be able to see this. Awareness is interesting. You won't be able to see. It won't be there because you won't be afraid of it. And all of a sudden, you'll carry an energy and start seeing coincidences happen, right? right? All the things, the luck, right? 
Biggest way I know that I'm living my life is the right way is when people just tell me, oh, you're so lucky. I just say thank you, yeah. right? Because I know they, the illusion of luck to them is that I attract things to me easily. That's the definition of luck. Yeah. What more would you want? That sounds good to me. I attract what it is to, that I want easily. Yeah. And it just comes. And if you don't understand how I do it and want to call it luck, thank you. I know exactly how I do it. I do it the easy way. Universe loves simple. Don't need to create resistance, void shortages and obstacles. I don't need them anymore. When I pick up the phone, the two words I say is I'll receive no resistance. No resistance, no resistance. It works awesome, right? It works the other way too. So if you have a mother-in-law, you're like resistance, resistance. <laughs> and then she, won't, then she won't pick up. <laughs> Rev Thinking is produced by Rev Think. If you're a creative entrepreneur, feel free to connect with us at revthink.com. And hey, if you like the podcast, please do us a favor by subscribing on iTunes or SoundCloud and give us your feedback. And of course, please spread the word.